Hello and welcome to the Female Frontier podcast. I am so incredibly excited to have our next guest on, as she is someone I have known since 2012 and who I have witnessed an immense level of transformation in. She's made a profound impact on my life and has actually been a massive reason for why I'm deciding to podcast and for she's made a massive impact on my purpose and sculpting that so for me christina lee our next guest is the absolute embodiment of what it means to be a female frontier at only 21 years old she's accomplished what most only dream to in their entire careers and most recently she's taking on human trafficking in nepal through technology and education Christina, you are an absolute inspiration to us all. And more importantly, it's been an honor to have you as a friend and to have seen you go just from strength to strength. I can't believe I've known you for over seven years. So thank you so much for spending your night with us today. Thank you so much for that beautiful welcome. (laughs) I can't believe, honestly, that I met you first in 2012. Yeah. And just how much has changed for the both of us since then. Yeah. Do you you remember how we first met? Of course I do. I was in grade eight and you were in year 12. You were the school captain of our high school in Cairns. I remember seeing you up in, up on the stage and thinking, oh my gosh, she's actually glowing. Um, and I was actually so afraid to speak to you, but um, you approached me first. And then you said, do you want to be school captain one day? And in that moment, you instilled a dream in me. And from then on, you're my role model. You still are. Um, you're my mentor. You're the proof um, that uh, people can be so supportive unconditionally and I'm so grateful that I you came and approached me on that day oh that is the sweetest thing I actually um I I didn't realize that I approached you for some reason in my head you had come up to me and asked me about being so that's so interesting I I mean I guess this is true like I I see the potential in everybody and for whatever reason I just saw the vision of you being school captain and crazily enough five years later you also became school captain um and very successfully so and so since then you've gone on about accomplishing some pretty massive visions can you tell us a little bit more about I guess your journey throughout high school um and now you're in university and then of course if you could touch up touch on your project with Library Without Borders and sort of everything that happened in the past seven years. <laughs> uh, well, um, after uh, being school captain, and that was the probably a big goal. The first big goal that I set for myself in grade eight, I was going to be school captain five years later. It was the first long-term goal that I set in my life. Um, and when that came true, I guess um, bigger dreams started forming in my mind and I've always wanted to study law, so now I'm studying law and human rights at the ANU in Canberra. And my big, big dream is to become an international human rights lawyer uh, overall because my passion is human rights and, like you, empowering people, um, especially women, young girls. And because of my passion, I went to Nepal for the first time in 2016 
into a village called Batase, north of Kathmandu, and there I met the most incredible human beings who had such um, big dreams and um, such positivity and it just broke my heart knowing how much that they went through but how and knowing how, how strong they were despite all the trauma that they had to go through and I came back to Australia and thought what can I do as a first year university student um, so I wrote an email to an NGO in Paris called uh, Libraries Without Borders and I told them about the village um, I think being naive was also a good thing because I just emailed them and said, I want to do a project with you guys. Is this possible? Um, and somehow they listened. So I think that was the most important lesson I learned to just knock on the door, ask. There, nothing bad can happen from asking. And they asked me to come over and I had to, I had one month to pitch the idea to them to build a library that aims to stop human trafficking in Batasi village. Um, so that's how it all began. And for the next two years, we fundraised. I formed a team at my university. We curated the library. So it wasn't just a random library with information that we chose. We uh, interviewed the people in the village to make sure that it was something for them. So over 500 people from 14 different countries actually donated to our project and we opened the library last Christmas. Wow. That is, that is a pretty massive feat. And so 2016, so for the past three years, this has all been going on and it's, you've, you've gone twice. And and you're going, you might go again on the third time and it's just getting sort of bigger and better and you're making more of an impact, which is insane, may I say, for someone who is 21 years old. But at the same time, I absolutely, I think there's so much power in your age. And like you said perfectly, you, you asked almost naively, like you weren't, you weren't overthinking it you weren't sort of considering like are they gonna what are they gonna say is this too ambitious is this too much you just went for it and so I think that's that's really beautiful and um I think if more people had that approach and actually used their age to their advantage yeah they could go through a similar journey like you and actually make that impact more than they could even fathom so that's really beautiful but surely you felt you felt fearful, you felt intimidated by the whole project. Was there anything that sort of stopped you from, yeah, like or intimidated you that you were like, I don't know if I can do this? Yeah, it was terrifying um, just being in Paris and trying to pitch an idea to people that um, are underestimating you in a way because you're new, because you're young and because you came here with a random idea. Um, and also it was scary because we had to fundraise so much money in a short amount of time but I think I did not think it was not possible for a second like I was scared I was worried that something was going to go wrong but not once did I think that we were not going to build a library and I think that's what really got me through and also the people in Batase, what they go through, the fear that they feel and the sadness that they um, have in their lives is nothing compared to what I would go through 
in forming this project or making this idea become a reality. So those people were a source of great strength. Um, and I love the word persist. I think persistence is the key. Mm. Okay, so it sounds like you obviously you that you had this un like focus and dedication to the mission. It wasn't about fulfilling um, expectations or doing this for uh, like an extracurriculum kind of activity. It, it genuinely sounds that you were you had a vested interest in bettering the lives of uh, the people within this village. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and and so of course like still there's that is challenging you have those stumbling blocks because it's not really normal um, to be doing something of this nature at that age and I'm not sure if you experience any kind of judgment or you know pressure from your peers when you were doing this like was it were they supportive or how did you find that um, I guess um, in high school when I was aiming for something or when I said my dream out loud, that's when I felt really scared. Um, so it started in high school um, where people would be like, your dream's too big, it's not possible or what do you mean you're going to do that? You're so weird. Mm-hmm. And in high school it really got to me um, and I thought, oh, maybe I am weird or something wrong with me. But I realised there's nothing wrong with me. I have dreams and the library project was another dream and somehow unlike high school at university nobody was mean like that it's either they were really interested and wanted to support me or they weren't interested but they weren't going to say anything bad um but Mm. overall it was really good support from my friends um and then because I lived on campus I was able to uh, go through Uh, we were able to do more fundraisers on campus because of the opportunity. So it was overall really positive. That's fantastic. But you did mention that in high school, there was a little bit more judgment from your peers. Definitely. Yeah. And I think you and I spoke about that quite a bit. Do do you remember what sort of um, what you focused on that, just allowed you to completely disregard what other people thought of you and just go full in to your mission and to your vision yeah um I it's actually you (laughs) um you I think every time I was going through something I had the opportunity to tell you or um, about these things because you were school captain, you went through high school, you knew exactly how I felt. And to have someone to look up to or to talk to, I think that really made a difference. And so many people um, don't think high achievers go through tough times, but I think they really need attention mm-hmm. because they're afraid to speak up. They're afraid to show that they're weak or something's not perfect. But really, because I had you... I was able to speak up, be open about my issues without Mm -hmm. just hiding them and pretending everything was okay. Oh, that's beautiful. I would actually argue that it was because you were... You came to me when you had these issues. You know, often a lot of people have uh, a beautiful friendship or a relationship where they can go and confide with their issues, but... Um, in fear of looking back 
rely on that as a resource so much. Um, but I found that you were constantly, you were coming up to me and we were having these great conversations. Uh, and so having a mentor figure, I think is so incredibly important. And I'm sure you have mentors outside of um, me as well. Would that be correct? Yes. Um, quite older people. Yeah. <laughs> um, my mom is 80 years old (laughs) (laughs) I get different advice yes well yeah that's exactly right and like the way that I like to frame it and when I speak to people about this concept with mentors is that you need to get a board of directors and a board of directors in a business context they guide a business based on their various different uh, levels of expertise and various understanding of um, different areas. And so with somebody like um, somebody out in the world, you need to get mentors who can help you with different areas of your life. And so for me personally, I have mentors who help me in the financial area. I have mentors who help me more in the relationship area. And I encourage young women, young men, anybody, even older people to have mentors that kind of fulfill on a variety of different areas in your life so that you can go to these people and confide in them and get their guidance and uh, perspective because it's so challenging to see things as reality sometimes we are so laser focused that we almost constrain ourselves. and so if we have mentors and guides and people that we can just have a conversation with it can just help us expand our mind and see things that we otherwise wouldn't see Mm -hmm. yeah and I, I I don't I honestly don't think people realize that um and so how did you go about I mean I know the relationship like the way that you you and I came about was I think you just sort of said to me um you know I would love to be school captain and I was like great like I'd love to help you out but how did you come about getting other mentors in your life I um Iris my 80 year old best friend (laughs) I met her in Cairns when she was a visitor uh, at the gallery that I was working at and it was just out of my curiosity, I guess. I asked her, where are you visiting from? And she said, Switzerland. And I was so intrigued. An 80-year-old backpacker in Australia from Switzerland. Like, wow, she's cool. And then we started talking. And I think people, some people you're just meant to meet. And I was just meant to meet Iris that day. And we promised to meet in Nepal, and we did. And then in Nepal, we promised to meet in Swiss, Switzerland, and then we did last year. And now um, I'm going on exchange to Switzerland, so I'll be able to be with Iris for six months. Um, so it just started out of a question that I asked. And I think it's so important to be curious and sometimes ask those questions that might seem a little bit strange. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly right. And I really hope people uh, underscore that statement, which is you've got to have this curiosity. But most importantly, you have to have a willingness to put yourself out there. You know, typically we think that it's unusual to ask for help, but it's fundamentally human nature that we want to help one another. And so, again, I think it's such a beautiful thing that so young that you know 
we you have the advantage of youth on your side that people almost have more of a willingness to want to so I hope any young girl who's in high school or university or even in her corporate life in her early days of corporate life really take advantage of that reach out to people who are 10 15 20 30 in Christina's example like 50 uh, almost 60 years older take advantage of those people who have the experience actually guide you on your life's path because for me uh, I've had just massive massive difference to my career trajectory because of the mentors that I've had and obviously speaking with you you have the same experiences so yeah I think it's so incredibly important and so with everything that's been going on with um, Libraries Without Borders, what's next for that project? Are you doing anything else? Is it changing? What's been going on there? At the moment, our goal is to sustain the library because it was the first Nepal project that um, this NGO did, first one that focused on human trafficking and also the first one uh, completely run by university students. So we want this to be a good example that university students can and successfully lead projects without funding from big companies. Um, so on a personal level, my goal with Libraries Without Borders is to set some kind of network so in the future when more students like myself approach them that we have uh, like a plan to support them. So we're trying to figure out how to do this, how to um, put me in a role that people can come and approach me and I could give them guidance in um, because imagine if every university around the world supported one village at a time like we would make such a big difference this was just one village um, one university but that's my dream to see more universities and more groups um, getting involved and make it easier um, to get these ideas into reality because this was a difficult um, project for me. Mm. But you would tell me the fact that you decided to go to Paris and you were basically on your own and you were up against, um, you know, like you had to convince people that your project was viable and worthwhile. And that is just, it's so inspirational. So could you elaborate a little bit when you were in Paris and when you were uh, on your own yeah. what did you what were you thinking what were you feeling how yeah how did you work through all of that in order to get to where you are today yeah um so when I got there people were a bit confused <laughs> um they didn't really understand why I was there I wasn't a partner or I wasn't um there to give them fundraising ideas I was basically there to say I uh, I know a village where we can build a library um 
Sorry, I forgot your question. <laughs> That's okay. When you were um, in Paris, like what, like what you were going through a few challenges and it was quite intimidating and you were on your own, obviously, as like what, like a 19, 20 year old yeah. kid. Um, and you had to convince these adults of your idea. Like what, what was going through your head at that moment? Got it now. Okay. Yeah. So I had four weeks and four weeks I realized is such a short amount of time. So my number one goal was to fully understand this NGO, their goals, their values, their projects, um, and the resources that they use, what countries they're in, what partners do they have and why are they doing this? Uh, because I realized if I don't have that knowledge, I can't convince them. I can't um, come off as someone that um, is that can do this. Um, so my number one goal was to fully understand and learn about the NGO. And secondly, was to um, fully um, be ready for any questions they ask me, any questions to do with the village uh, or fundraising or the timeline. So they knew that I wasn't just here to give them an idea. I was here to actually do something. Um, and my other goal was to actually become friends with everyone because I realized mm. if we're friends, it's going to be easier to communicate. Um, it's, they're going to understand why I'm here better. And um, I was seated in an office with the communication department. So everybody on social media, um, they dealt with. And they just, we became such good friends and they would give me tips. Um, they would explain who these people are. And, and lastly, my goal was to speak to the director. I could have gone from um, the managing advisors and go up, but my goal was no, I'm just going to speak to the person on the top. And if he says yes, everything will be okay. So I finished my proposal, practiced a million times in my room as if he was there and I just went up to him um, on one morning and I said hello Jeremy can I speak to you now are you available and he said okay I have 20 minutes let's go and we went into the room and I just gave him the proposal and I pitched the idea and then he didn't he didn't say anything and I was so terrified because it was either yes or no it, it was Tassi village was going to get a library or not based on his response and then he just put the proposal down looked at me in the eye and said congratulations let's do this and I that's probably the happiest I've ever been in my life that moment of approval um, the hard work just paying off and knowing that these people are going to get a library was worth it <laughs> wow Wow, that is that is incredible. And again, I think it um, it's that almost unrelentless ambition, that almost naivety yeah. of going straight to the director, where someone who has experienced a, a few more knocks and whatnot, they may go, "Oh, you know, let's." Let's hedge our bets a little bit. Let's um, be a little bit more risk averse and take the safe path and the cautious path. But with yeah. you, you had this just, just like your sights set on what you wanted to accomplish and you didn't allow anything to stop you or get in your way. And I think that's, for me, for me Christina, why I'm so delighted to have you on this podcast because you are 
that female frontier. You're leading in your life and doing things that people don't expect you to that otherwise you would be um, that, you know, you had a lot of fear to do, but you did it anyway. And look at the results. Look at the incredible impact that you've had uh, on obviously in Australia, but more importantly, in those people in Nepal is amazing and so beautiful. And I, I thank you. I really hope you recognize just how amazing you are and how much of a difference you're making in this world. And undoubtedly, you're going to go on to do even more incredible things with your career in human rights law. So that's incredible. So with all of that said, Christina, what is the one key biggest takeaway that you can share with the audience about your journey thus far? Like what is that key to success or key to the fulfilling life that you're leading now? Um, I think I've said it earlier, but persistence yeah. to me, um, passion and persistence. You can have passion, but if you're not willing to put in all this time and um, and also be willing to be terrified, um, it's not going to work out. And also the fact that people care. Yes, some people aren't going to laugh. Some people are going to walk away. But people like the director in Paris will listen and the right people will listen. So if they didn't, it wasn't meant for you. Um, but before I used to be so scared of my goals not becoming a reality or my dreams not coming through, but I've realized that that's okay because it wasn't meant for me. It was meant for somebody else. Something better is waiting for me. So I think that's how I get through mm-hmm. and holding on to people you love and people that love you because that's so beautiful to have those relationships. Um, and every day can't be perfectly beautiful, but there is beauty in every single day. Oh, Christina, uh, you make my heart sing. I'm so delighted to know you and to to hear your story. Um, if you could, if someone was standing in front of you who was, say, 16 years old, who had similar ambitions to your own, uh, wanted to make a difference to a village in, in another country that was impoverished, had these other massive ambitions that everyone was telling her, look, that's, that's a bit too much. What's the piece of advice that you would give her? Yes, it's a lot, um, but that's why you, are, you can do it. Um, this is not a small task. That's why those people are saying it's a big task. So don't be put off by that. Don't be put off by people who say, what's your backup plan? Go with your plan A because you know it. Um, the fact that you know about this village is um, your purpose. Don't um, put it aside. Please, please go ahead and persist. Mm. Wow. Thank you, Christina. That was beautiful. And I really hope people hear just how, like, this, how possible this is. Christina is an exceptional human being, but she said it perfectly. It's all about persistence and keeping the passion and the purpose at the forefront and not allowing people's opinions or judgments to get the better of you and just to keep going forward. And I also want to add that, again, use your age to your advantage where other people might go, oh, is that really the right way of doing it? 
if you feel strongly enough about something, you're going to do some things that are a little bit crazy to everybody else. And that's okay. And how about mistakes? Did you make some mistakes along this journey? Yes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think one would be not speaking up, Mm. especially in high school. Um, because I was scared that I would get in trouble if I told somebody that somebody was bullying me. Um, also, not speaking up in this um, journey of building the library when people were mistreating me, when um, some people would just not value my time and not appreciate my work. And and I didn't want to speak up because I didn't want to upset anyone, but I was like killing myself in the process. So I think knowing your worth and speaking up, that's what I really need to work on. Yeah, and I mean, we could have a whole other discussion about that. And I think it's definitely something that a lot of people experience, both men and women. And it really goes back to, you know, you're wanting to fit in, you're wanting to uh, for people to like you, and you don't want to upset the status quo. Um But again, it's trusting that you know what's best for yourself. And if at any point, and I mean any point you feel mistreated, misguided, uh, you know, in any sense of emotional uh, mistreatment of any kind, speak up or walk away or do something about it. You deserve the best treatment. And if somebody or something is, is not treating you that way, Something needs to be done. Yeah. Great. Christina, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been, I'm so inspired by this conversation. I always get off the phone with you feeling so excited about everything that's possible. Um, And you really reinforce that if uh, with a bit of courage, with a lot of courage, I must admit, uh, and a lot of focus and persistence, you can go about achieving great things. So just quickly, what is next for Christina Lee? What is next? (laughs) I would like to learn more about development projects and um, the next project I do, I would like to do it more ethically and successfully in the sense that it's exactly what the people need so as much as I want to dive into to leading more projects I really want to do it right and um, have the community more involved amazing and where can people find you and follow you on this journey well um, on social media I just write about my journey I don't know if people read it. I read it. I read it and I love it. And I think it's fantastic. And honestly, if you can get onto Christina's social media, please do it. It's like almost, I feel like almost daily or, you know, a few times a week, she's putting out these incredible, vulnerable, authentic posts that act as such a beautiful reminder to, you know, focus on the important things and, all the things that I really talk about, loving yourself, trusting yourself, um, feeling, you know, the feeling of acting anyway. That's what Christina talks about and which I feel so aligned to. So please, please give her a follow. But before then, what is your actual social media? Oh, it is at Cambridge is possible on Instagram. Study at, yeah. at Cambridge is my other dream. Oh, okay. 
what is is that still your dream Christina to to go to Cambridge one day that is that has been my dream since 2014 and I still I am striving towards it so hopefully I can go there for masters well then in that case we'll have a follow-up podcast episode with Christina when she's going to be talking about how she just got accepted into Cambridge and everything that it took in order for her to get there how does that sound that sounds incredible (laughs) I have no no doubt in my mind that's going to happen very soon oh thank you (laughs) much for the message that you deliver and the vision you have for this world the world is a beautiful place because of you Anna oh thank you Christina it's a it's an absolute honor and yeah as I said you've made a profound impact on my life and I am doing what I do because of of you and and young girls who have big visions and who dare to dream and so thank you for having those dreams and actually following them and and doing great things with your life I I wish more women I really want more women to hear your message because I think it's going to inspire and encourage people to think differently so again thank you for being who you are and doing the things that you do Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, an incredible episode. Again, I, I love Christina to, to bits. She's such a wonderful, wonderful human. And it just goes to show that anything, anything is possible when you set your mind to it. So thank you for listening. We will be continuing these interview series. We have a lot of exciting guests coming on um, who will be sharing similar stories of how they managed to accomplish and achieve great things with their life. Until next time, keep being the female frontier that you know yourself to be. Goodbye, everybody.